Welcome to A Life Designed. My name is Tina Heisman. I teach busy moms how to get everything done and still have time and energy for themselves. My passion is for helping women create more heart-to-heart connection with their husband and children so they can feel deeply fulfilled in those most important relationships. The topic of today's podcast is why you aren't happier and how you can be. But before we get started, I have something for you. It's a daily gratitude worksheet that you can use to cultivate more gratitude in your life. That's something that will definitely help you feel happier, and I will put the link for you to download this in the show notes. And I would also like to invite you to my private group on Facebook where you can come to get positive inspiration for your life. Search A Life Designed in the Facebook search bar. Okay, now let's dive in and talk about why you aren't happier and how you can be. So I am going to take you in my little time machine back to the year 2000 when my husband and I bought a new home. It was absolutely perfect. I loved it so much. I saw all of the wonderful things about it. It was in Florida. The yard was large with lots of trees. It had a swimming pool. It was a split floor plan. The kitchen was beautiful. And the family room had a fireplace, which was a little bit rare in Florida, at least at the time. And so, of course, there were some projects that I wanted to do at the house, but looking forward to those projects brought me joy, too, because I knew that they would just enhance my enjoyment of my home. But over the years, my attention changed from being so grateful for the house to noticing more and more of the imperfections that needed to be repaired or replaced the things that were wrong with it, like dings in the walls or scuffs on the doors or the guest bathroom needing to be repainted. You know the list, right? We all have them. So even though we upgraded certain parts of our home, all of these other things were catching more of my attention now. My satisfaction with my home was deteriorating. It wasn't until we were putting our house on the market to move out of state that I realized what happened. You see, I, I didn't really want to move out of state because who would want to leave Florida? But because I didn't want to move, my perspective shifted and suddenly my house seemed perfect again. I didn't want to leave it. I started seeing all of the things that I loved about it again and the things that I would miss. I looked at it with fresh eyes and it felt so good. This happens to us in all facets of life with absolutely everything. Think about that new car that you just had to have. It made you so happy in the beginning. But how did you feel about it two or three or four years later? Yes, you might still love it, but does it still make you as happy as it did when you first bought it? Or what about that new outfit that you just had to have? You loved it so much that you didn't even wait for a sale. Does it make you as happy today as it did when you first bought it? Now, what about your husband? Now that you've been married for a while, are you as happy with him as you were in the beginning? Let me guess. You've 
noticed a few things over the years that now drive you crazy. <laughs> this is actually no joke. Like many people do trade in their spouse for a new one so they can get that loving feeling back. But that's not what we want to do. I want to help you understand what's going on with this. There's actually a name for this phenomenon that I've been describing. Kind of a long name, but it's called hedonic adaptation, which just means that you get used to something and it doesn't make you as happy anymore. It's like actually a thing. And as you noticed, it happens with material things like our home or our car or clothes and relationships as well, right? And it also happens with smaller daily pleasures. Think about listening to your favorite song. When you hear it once in a while, you're so happy to hear it. It makes you so happy. You just want to dance and sing along, right? But have you ever played your favorite song on repeat? Come on, you know you have. <laughs> well, after a few times, it doesn't make you as happy anymore, and you're ready to move on. How about that piece of dark chocolate after dinner? The first week or two after you get going on this new habit, it's so good. It's such a treat. But then you get used to it. And one is not enough anymore. You want two or more pieces of dark chocolate. Or maybe it's that great salad recipe you found for lunch. Sorry, I'm all about the food today, apparently. <laughs> so maybe you ate this salad every day for a week. Well, it probably doesn't make you as happy to eat it anymore after a whole week of eating the same thing. So don't get me wrong. These little daily pleasures are wonderful. They make us feel good. But the point that I'm trying to make is that we get used to them pretty quickly. And that's that hedonic adaptation kicking in. So I want you to know it's not just you. It's part of the human condition. We all have this thing. And so today, in the spirit of helping you feel happier in your life, I want to share with you ways that you can prolong the enjoyment of the things that make you happy. Does that sound good to you? Okay, so I want to share with you today five things that you can do to feel happier in your life. Number one, intentionally plan activities in your day that make you feel happy. I don't know about you guys, but for me, so often we plan everything that needs to get done and we find that that leaves us little or no time for anything that we would actually like to do. Well, I am giving you permission to stop that immediately. Plan time to do things that make you happy every day. You want to wake up in the morning feeling happy that you know today you get to maybe connect with a friend or go out for a run or read a few pages in your book that you love. So think about those things that might help you feel happier when you wake up in the morning like, oh, I get to do this today and intentionally put those in your days. Okay, number two. This one is directly from the field of positive psychology. Intentionally savor the experiences that make you happy. Might sound weird, right? But you know how you savor a piece of really good, warm Dutch apple pie with that crumbly crust on the top and then some ice cream on top of that. It's like the warm pie and the cold ice cream. Oh, it's so good. And you savor it, right? Like you, you just enjoy all of the flavors in your mouth. I want you to savor your life experiences that way. How do you do that with something that's not food? 
Well, there are actually many ways, but I'll just share three. So the first and most important way to savor something is to be really present in the moment, to really experience it and not be thinking about anything else. So that's huge and definitely something to work toward. Just really trying to be present in your moments and experiencing it fully. A second way to savor something is to tell someone about something you experience later so you can relive it. Tell someone about that amazing run that you had or the beautiful walk at the botanical gardens where all of the trees are turning colors because it's fall now. Savor it by telling someone about it. Now the third idea is to take time to replay the event in your mind at a later time and journal about it. So it's just taking some time to like reflect on the experience, remember it kind of like a movie playing in your mind, and then journaling about it. And the journaling piece is going to give you something that's written documentation that you can even look back later. It's going to help you savor the experience more fully. So it's really a wonderful way to really experience more happiness in your life. I mean, let's think about it. Why would we just have a happy experience and let it be that when we can savor it and relive it again and again, right? Okay, number three, third way to feel more happy is to try to look for new ways to change up the things that make you happy. So many times we set up routines, if you're anything like me, definitely a creature of routine and habit. And these routines feel really good happily, excuse me, they feel really good initially, but sometimes we get into a zone with them and they just don't create as much joy for us anymore, right? And so we want to think about how can I change up my routine so that I get a little fresh new, you know, buzz of energy in it. So maybe you're someone who loves to do puzzles, but maybe you're getting a little bit bored Could you try something like, I don't know, paint by numbers or something like that? Or do you always listen to the same music playlist when you're doing your workout or your run? Explore some new ones for a bit. Do you always have the same salad for lunch? I am so guilty as charged. Well, what would it be like if you ask a friend for her favorite salad recipe? Right? Well, here's me, another one I'm totally guilty of, walking the dog on the same route. I do love getting out for a walk and walking the dog but like seriously we do the same route like every day unless we change it up and sometimes it's so fun to be like we're gonna go backwards today or we're gonna go around this way instead today or cut through the middle of the neighborhood i think you get the picture right like just sometimes we we need our our overall routine but what can we do to like switch it up and something else i throw out for moms a lot of times is um dinner you know like Let's just say you had a real long day at home with the kids. It's been really hard. Hubby's, you know, not home yet or he's running late or something. What could, could you switch up the dinner routine? Like, do you have to make a full dinner? Could you just serve like maybe some waffles or cereal or something? Or could you do a picnic in the family room on a blanket instead of like sitting at the table? Like, what could you do? that would switch things up a little bit, make your routine a little bit more fresh, a little bit different. I have lots of stories of these that that I could share with you if you guys want more, but I think you get the picture, right? 
keep doing the things that make you happy, but try to change them up once in a while so that you can combat that hedonic adaptation. Okay, so number four is to consider helping someone else out. Interesting. Research shows that volunteering and helping others and doing acts of kindness has a long-lasting effect on our happiness. Isn't that interesting? So think about what are you passionate about? What, what has God put on your heart? Is it helping friends in need, like maybe helping another mom by babysitting her kids for a little while or making a meal or running an errand for her? Is it helping the homeless or helping those who are disabled? What, what gets your passions going? I'm thinking about dogs for some reason, like you know, volunteering at a shelter for animals. What is it that you could do that would make you feel so happy to be like God's hands and feet here on the earth and knowing that you'll make a difference for someone else, but you will also increase your own happiness. And it's not like just a quick fix. It's something that really helps stay with you. So that's the fourth tip is to consider helping out someone else. And finally, tip number five for today is to make sure that you're taking time to connect with other people, other humans. One of the best things, the very best things that we can do for our happiness is to connect with other people, like really connect with them. The best kind of connection comes from meeting in person, obviously, right? But maybe you've got some of your favorite people in the world are far away. Try a phone or a video meeting rather than just texting with them. It really does give you a more real and fulfilling connection. And you will notice the difference. And on a little anecdotal note, I was recently speaking at a MOPS group and afterward, the MOPS coordinators were telling me about how there were some heavy topics that people were having some stresses in their life, things that were really weighing heavily on them as they came in to our MOPS meeting first thing in the morning. But then by the end of the meeting, after they had time to sit at a table with their friends and hear a speaker and eat some good food and connect and talk with their friends at the table, when they left, they said to this to their coordinators, I'm so glad I came. I feel so much better. And what I want you to hear about that is nobody solved their problem during that meeting. They simply connected with other people. I hope that you can see like how powerful that is. If you take nothing else away from this, work on that. We were made to be relational. That is a huge part of all of our DNA. So I hope that you will take that to heart and that that's really helpful and life-giving to you. And the other thing I hope you see is that it takes work to be happy. So if you've ever wondered, like, why is it so hard to be happy? Now you know it's not just you. It's really just way the way that humans are wired. And so it does take intentionality. I love that word. Like, it, I feel like it's empowering. Like, I'm going to be intentional about being happy. I'm going to try to be happy. And it really does work. But I do know that it's easier said than done. So if you would like to take this concept deeper and get personalized help on how you can be happier in your life, reach out to me. We can have a complimentary consultation to talk about a plan that would be just for you, specifically for you, so that you can start feeling happier in your life too. So thank you so much for listening in and let me know if you have any specific questions. Take care. See you next time.